Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah, yes, yes, yes. It's Tash of the Moose with you. Back together again here on this Thursday morning. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It's personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Mike, Pete, thank you. Job well done across the way. Bogus, your updates to 9 a.m. Eastern time. We go. A lot to get into over the course of uh, the next three hours as we will be joined a little bit later on the program. Adam Fisher will join us, MLB analyst for SNY locally in New York. Uh, former executive with the Braves and the Mets will join us a little later on the program. Good morning, Taz. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, hello, Moose. I'm good. Uh, good morning. Yeah. Good morning to you and everybody here. Yes, yes. A pleasant good Thursday to oh, one yeah. and all. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. A uh, lot, to, lot to chat about. Oh. And the Nats continue to roll right along with their 12-3 victory last night in Game 2 of the World Series as uh, they have now a commanding two games to none lead series heading back to Washington for games three, four, and five, uh, if necessary for a game five, uh, down our nation's capital Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. As last night, you looked at it, the Washington Nationals jump out early, then you get the big two-run home run to tie the game up, uh, and then we go late in the game, and the Nats are able to blow the game open You know, with a you know, six run seventh inning, go on to score twelve runs. Strasburg was, I mean, let's let's be I mean, his career ERA in the postseason is right now at I think at a one point nine five or one point nine one. Uh he was absolutely fantastic. He's not throwing the fastball as much as he did in the past. He's kind of settled in down there. Uh but he had the seven strikeouts and the two runs allowed over the six innings of work, throwing hundred and fourteen pitches. He was very, very good. You look at that. You look at that Nationals lineup as well. They're getting contributions all over the place. Where you look at Kurt Suzuki broke the two-two tie with the solo blast, and then you look at the uh, big hit by his Drupal Cabrera as well. Uh, there's nothing not to like about what the Nats are doing right now. Who are eighteen and two in their last twenty games? I mean, when you think about that, eight-game winning streak to close out the regular season, wild card victory against Milwaukee. Beat the Dodgers three games to two. Sweep the Cardinals in the National League Championship Series. Now two games up here on uh, the uh, Strohs in the World Series. And I think it's the best stretch that the Nationals have ever played in the history of National Baseball. I, I mean, that's amazing when I, you think about it. There's no doubt. It's unbelievable. I mean, I I just didn't expect that. We were on the air yesterday talking about, well, you know, the Astros will get this win at home before they go to D.C. and play. They'll, they'll split, you know, they'll, you know. Yeah, okay, they lost game one, now the Astros win game two. No, they got smoked 12-3, to three, and in that seventh inning, it was just, those, when they, when the Nats put up like six, uh, six runs, it was like just, you knew, you could just feel the air come right out of that, that stadium and out of the Houston Astros in general. I mean, there's just, just the offenses for the, for the Astros, it's like not even there. Like, they, they got to step up here. I mean, like I don't know what happened. Just, you know, I mean, they just, well, it's not it's not there when it needs to be there, and they just... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm shocked the Nationals are in this position. They won eight in a row. Um, 
in the postseason here what they're doing and that they're, they're going to sail into their home stadium with a 2 nothing lead in the World Series right now, man, I, I'm shocked. I, I, could, I still can't believe it. I really am, the way this game ended yesterday. Yeah, the, Last the, night, I well, say. right. I mean, the, the situational hitting uh, for Houston, uh, terrible once again. They left nine guys on base, uh, hitting with runners in scoring position, which was an issue, um, you know, which was an issue in the Yankee series. But they had the timely home run. The Yankee offense was quiet less, uh, in that series as well. But when you look at that ALCS, um, I think the number was they had 46 base runners, uh, 42 were left on base, something of that nature. Um, I mean, they they just had an awful time of hitting with runners in scoring position. And last night they finished the game 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. That's not a good thing. Um, You know, they only had, uh, you know, a couple of two-out RBIs, and that was the Bregman-Homer that tied the game up at two early on in that game, Taz. Um, Aside from that, I mean, you look at it, uh, the Astros' situational hitting has been terrible. They're not getting the timely home run. The Nats look like a team that's clearly, clearly, um, you know, rolling downhill right now. Whether it be pitching, you know, you look at uh, Scherzer and Strasburg, both gutted their way through. Scherzer threw 112 pitches in five innings. Strasburg threw 114 in six. He battled. You know, he didn't have his A-plus stuff, but he realized what he needed to do to, in order to get guys out. Uh, the Astros had base runners. They just could not come through with the big-time hit, and Strasburg made the big-time pitch when he needed to. I'm thinking about that pitch to Tucker in which he basically bent his knee uh, on a 2-2 pitch uh, with the bases uh, men on first and second, still game tied up at two. And then I believe shortly after you know that one, it was maybe a, a couple innings later is when you get the big home run by Suzuki to give the Nats the lead. And then when the Nats took the lead, it was almost like the bow broke. Um, after that, and they score six runs, uh, you know, to take an 8-2 lead, and then it's 11-2, then it's 12-2, and away the Washington Nationals go. Yeah, and in that that seventh inning, I mean, I saw that seventh inning, I was trying to stay awake, and then I I rewatched it this morning. It's like, you know, it it wasn't like they were hitting the ball like rockets all over the place either. They were just getting, just things were falling into place from that inning, just the, the Astros just fell apart. And you put up six runs right there, and 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 then three in the eighth. It's like you know, I, I don't know. I'm just I, I I feel like the momentum right now. I mean, I wanted the Astros to be the World Series. I want them to be the champions here. Obviously, I didn't want the Nats to win. You're rooting for the Nats. I'm rooting for the Astros. I, I don't know what what they're gonna do here. The Astros. I mean, they're gonna go on a road down. They they they, they gotta win a game here. They gotta. I would assume, but. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough now. I mean, yeah. they're in a tough spot. Well, yeah, I mean, they're down two games to none. Yeah. And now you think about winning four of the next five games in order to win the World Series, exactly. which I just don't think it's going to happen. And then you look at a scenario of you're going down to D.C. for the next three. I mean, they've got a, you know, with the pitching matchup of being Granke and Annabelle Sanchez in game three on Friday night, find a way to win that game. Corbin's going to be held out to game four after pitching in relief in game one. Uh, for Dave Martinez, which makes sense if you're a Washington perspective because then you've got Corbin and should he ever win Friday night, you've got Corbin to close the game out on Saturday night in order to try and win a World Series. And then, you know, I, I think when when you look at it, why Washington is sitting where they're sitting, I mean, they were the best two-out, two-strike hitting team in all of baseball in the regular season. Uh, they closed out the regular season hot. They're starting pitching, even though it has not been – as dominant uh, in terms of their stuff, what they've been able to do is make the necessary pitch when they've had to. And for the Houston Astros, what's hurt them is that Cole and Verlander have lost 
a little bit of their stuff. Mm. Verlander couldn't get his slider over last night if his life depended on it. I heard Zimmerman after the game on an interview on MLB radio saying that Verlander was pitching a little bit backwards. And what that means by that is that, you know, he was kind of throwing sliders, off-speed pitches, and slow, uh, slow curveballs in order to try and get strikes over uh, instead of trying to set guys up with his fastball and his velocity early on in the count. And then you look at Garrett Cole, uh, you know, and Garrett Cole, his last three starts here in the postseason has, you know, has not exactly been great. I mean, he just hasn't. Um, you know, he was very, very hittable in his first start against the Yankees. Uh, you know, you look at his uh, start here, uh, you know, in game one of this series, you know, the bow broke. I mean, and, and he was hittable in that game as well. Uh, he does not look like the same pitcher that steamrolled his way down the stretch here in the American League for the Houston Astros. Not saying he's lost a lot. He's just lost a little bit. And when right, he's lose right. a little bit uh, and your location's a little bit off, these guys are the best of what they do, and you're going to get hit. Yeah, no no doubt. Now, when they go again Friday night, they're off tonight. Correct, right? Friday night. So they go Friday in, in, you know, in D.C. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'd be concerned. If I'm an Astros fan, I would definitely be concerned right now because – they they are really behind the eight ball as as it goes. So, you know, I mean, they they got to get something going. They, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I thought this was going to be. I, I, I don't think anybody could have predict that we sitting right now and the, the Nationals be two two wins to nothing right now over the uh, on the road. I'm sorry, the Nationals would be two wins to nothing over the Astros right now on the road. I, I, I you know playing at Minute Maid Park. I don't think anybody would have predicted that. I, I never in a million years coming out of the wild card the way they did. Uh, and what they've done in all these wins in the road, they got to lose eventually, <laughs> right? They got to lose eventually, I would think. I mean, but maybe not. Maybe they just sail right through and and sweep the Astros and become the champions. I mean, that that could happen. Well, it could. I mean, it's it's set up now for them to to be able to to do that. Um, you know, nothing has to happen in terms of uh, sports. I mean, you would think the Astros would find a way to win a baseball game here, um, and. You know, they've been too good of a baseball team to think that they're going to get swept. I mean, but I also thought they were going to win last night, and they didn't. Um, you know, and, and couldn't come through with that timely hit. And what what impresses you about the Nats for a team that kind of personified folding up the tents, a team, an organization that personified falling apart at the worst time, you know, they've been anything but here in this postseason, in this October. Um, and it's kind of remarkable. I don't know... If it's Harper leaving the organization, I don't know if it's a case of, you know, the baseball gods finally saying it's your time, whatever it might be, Taz. Uh, they've gotten every timely hit. They've got the two big home runs against the Dodgers. They came back from 3-1 down late against the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, against Josh Hader, one of the best closers in all of Major League Baseball. They embarrassed <laughs> the Cardinals after the Cardinals embarrassed the Braves in Game 5. It's an Astro team that people, they were an overwhelming favorite yeah. in this series. I mean, the Astros to win this series was minus 220 going into it. They had home field advantage at Houston. Everyone's talking about the time off for the Washington Nationals. And they look like the team that had no time off. The Astros look like the team that had basically a week off. They're coming out and they're swinging a great bat. They're giving you quality at bats. And, you know, it. They went through a lot in the regular season, and it seems like it kind of hardened them and made them mentally tough. But I can't explain it to why all of a sudden now everything is clicking for the Nationals when in the past in the playoffs, it seemed like whatever they did, and they were the only worst enemies at times, everything would always go wrong. Now everything's always going right. Yeah, it's clicking, right? It's it's momentum. We see it all the time in sports. You know, teams with 
momentum and how they flow through. I mean, what were the Nats? Was that, they were like 93 and 7 or 69 or something like that. So, you know, in the, in, in the East, they came out and they. Listen, as a Met fan, I've watched them battle all, all season against my Mets and I've watched the Nationals. I know how good they are. And now they come into the postseason. You just you just laid out what they did throughout the postseason. All their victories, shocking the world, doing everything they're doing. They got momentum right now. It's like some serious momentum that and now they're going. They're going to be home for for, for what you say four games, right? Three uh, games. Three games. I'm oh, sorry. Three games. So they're going to be home for three games. I, I would strongly assume they're going to win two of those three. I mean that. So that. Yeah. That's, I mean, I I and I no, think for like, Major League Baseball, I, I think this is the worst case scenario for Rob Manfred um, because not that the Nats are winning the series. The fact that it's a two zero series. The fact that. You know, game two was not as riveting as game one. Uh, the fact that Washington's going back home for those three games. And I, I don't think, you know, the kind of edge baseball fan is going to get locked in. They're going to kind of assume that this series is over, Taz. And I, I, that's not what you want if you're baseball. You don't want this series ending in four games. You don't want this series ending in five games. Uh, of course, you've got no control over it. I get it. But um, you'd like for this to have been a long series. I like the Nats to win the series, but I like the Nats to win the series in seven games. I never thought they'd win it in four or five games, and that's highly conceivable. As A.J. Hinch after the game said, you know, they're they're just playing better baseball in all facets of the game right now. Yeah. Turner's defense at shortstop has been spectacular. I mean, he made one play on a short hop rip, um, you know, by I think off the bat of Correa, I believe it was, um, which was, you know, a, a tremendous defensive play and just shows you the hands and the softness of the hands of Trey Turner at the shortstop position last night. They're just playing better. They're pitching better. Uh, you know, their starters are going deeper in the games. They're getting the timely hit. They're getting the big home run. Uh, when they fall behind, it doesn't look like they're pressing up at the plate, trying to search and trying to hit that, you know, four-run home run. They're not trying to do any of that. And, you know, they've just got a nice, easy, calm, cool demeanor about them where they just, as they say, go win the next game. Go win the next day. And and they've taken that mantra from Dave Martinez, and they've ran with it. And they're hot as a firecracker. Right now, they believe that that team doesn't believe they're going to lose a game in this series. No, no. They're confident as heck, man, and they should be. Um, and you were mentioning about Rob Manfred and about Major League Baseball and how this, you know, I was uh, reading uh, this one that the, the opening game, the first game where the Nationals won, was the ratings were down from last year, 2018 for for Fox. The numbers were down, right? For, you know, so that's a that's a, that's a concern. I mean, yeah, for the baseball fan, they don't care about that. The real, you know, baseball fan doesn't really give rats about that. But still, it's a big deal. It's like like we talk a lot about that about what's good for whatever sport and for for the commissions of those those sport whatever sport. So. You know, as far as the audience, as far as America, as far as who's well, we, watching. We talked about that at the time. We said that the audience was going to have to build in the series. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we I did mean, we kind of yeah. we kind of yeah. jumped the, you know, we, we kind of uh, sure. were all over that early before the series started. And we got some calls saying, oh, how do you how do you say that? You guys are being kind of, uh, you know, uh, big city favorites uh, with Los yeah. Angeles and New York. And no, it was just a case of the Nationals and Astros don't kind of have that kind of national grab to you that people are going to be locked in um, because of the size of the fan bases, where they play, the size of the marketplace that they play in, a number of different factors come into play, Taz. But we also talked about their need to be a build to this series. I don't think there's going to be – I think the next time that people pay attention to this series is going to be if this series is tied up at two games apiece. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I think that would then grab the sports fan for a pivotal game five down in Washington – I gotta be honest with you. Right now, do I think this series is ever going to be tied up at two games apiece? No. Even if the Astros should win 
you know, game three on Friday night, Taz, I would expect Patrick Corbin to bounce back in a big-time way against undetermined pitcher for the Houston Astros on Saturday night to take a 3-1 series lead. And that's where we talked about the build to this. You're not. I don't think you're ever going to get the build to this series, and I don't think the ratings are ever going to be good for this series. No, they're not. And, and I'm looking here. The uh, I'm looking at it right now as you were just speaking. Okay, so at 8 p.m. when the game started on Fox, the World Series game one, this is 11.58 million viewers. That's a lot. NCIS on CBS had 11 million. Yeah. Think about that. That, to me, that's I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I, that's like wow. Uh, but they, it was it was down from last year, so it's still eleven million. What people was the watched. percentage it was down? Uh, I don't. I'm trying to Does it find say? Usually, it uh, says it in the story. Uh, yeah, say yeah, that yeah, one? yeah. That's a, I'm on a different. Uh, oh no, bad. I have about twenty five windows open right now. All right, so my bad. Over here. No, uh, no. So you're at two point nine rating in adults, eighteen to forty nine demo. Uh, drawing 11.58 million viewers. Uh, yeah, you're right. The percentage should be in here down. That's a good hook to go to break. Yeah, we'll find that out. Do you have We're any faith if the Astros can bring this series back to Houston for a game six? I uh, want to hear from you at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We'll hear from Martinez and Hinch and Verlander and Don. We'll do that next. Taz and the Moose with you here on this Thursday morning. CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, the team of the week is brought to you by our friends at Ferguson. This week, the team is the Washington Nationals. Nats are halfway to clinching a World Series championship. They scored uh, 10 late uh, to crash the Astros and crush them 12-3. Game two of the Fall Classic in Houston on Wednesday night. Kurt Suzuki snapped a 2 all tie with a solo blast deep into the night uh, to ignite a six-run seventh inning. Uh, for the Nats. It's all brought to you by Ferguson. Hey, Trade Pros, Ferguson is proud to be a part of what you do with over 1,000 one-stop shop counter locations, expert associates, and an unmatched selection of OEM repair parts. Learn more at ferguson.com. So a little World Series conversation gets us going here on this Thursday morning. Number to call, 855 855- 212-4CBS, 855-212-4CBS. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Just to button up the conversation before we went to break about the ratings uh, for the World Series Game 1, how they were down for Fox from 2018 to now. <clears throat> so here's the thing. In the all-important 18 to 49 demographic, um, so basically, they were down 16%, a 16% decline from last year uh, opening game. So that's the deal. All right? So in terms of total viewers, it was a downtick of 12%. So, 12%. Well, in essence, it was 16% uh, decline from last year, like I just said, from opening game. But in terms of total viewers, 
it was uh, it was down a bit uh, to twelve percent. Okay, so it's a little confusing. Like, uh, you know, I'm not a big I mean, it's down. guy. It's I mean, down, right. Right, right? I mean, it's down under anywhere. twenty percent. Right, it's down yeah. right anywhere from twelve to sixteen percent. Correct. So, I mean, that's that's not a good sign. But you know, we we talked about the very fact of it's not like you have two. I mean, it would have been the case if it was Dodgers Yankees. I mean, because that'll light up the country more than Astros and Nats and. And when we say that, we're not insulting anybody. It just is what it is. I know if you're an Astro fan, you're a Nat fan, you don't want to hear it. You want to say, well, we're just a – it's not a matter of importance. It's a matter of popularity. Um, and it's a, it's a matter of the marketplaces that they are in. And, you know, TV executives are thinking about ratings generating more revenue. They want to draw from a bigger fan base. Right, I mean, that's right. it. Yeah. They, I mean, bigger fan base, more people watching. More people watching, more revenue. More revenue. Right. Right. Everyone is happy around everything. So, course, I mean, that's yeah. that's what they're thinking about. And, you know, and and this one is is was going to have to be a slow build where the games, the matchup, riveting play, edgier seat kind of moments, Taz, was going to have to grab and draw people in. And with this series being 2-0, it's, like I mentioned before, I I don't think the ratings are going to necessarily be all that good for Friday night. Friday night ratings aren't particularly good to begin with when you look at professional sports. Good luck. (laughs) Um, And then then you get to Saturday night. I mean, like I said, I think think Sunday night's the next one if this series happens to be tied up at two games apiece, only if it's 2-2. If it's 3-1... I don't think all of a sudden people are all going to be locked in across the country. It's got to be a 2-2 series. Right, right. No, I know. No, and you're right about the Friday night thing, by the way. I I didn't think of that, but you're exactly right because that is, you know, I remember years ago when I was in WWE and SmackDown moved to Friday night, and it was like a company thing, like panic. we got to make sure we get this thing over and and publicize that we're on Fridays as people go out on Fridays. And now, fast forward to now, Fox has this crazy big money deal with WWE, and SmackDown's back on Friday nights. And their numbers have been dropping. Last year, I think they had, uh, I'm sorry, last week, they had a drop of, I think, over 460,000 viewers. That's a huge drop. The week prior, Pete, was like a million viewers they were down? It was about a million, yeah. Crazy. So, uh, how long were they on when you were there? How long were they on Friday nights oh, for before man. they transitioned away from Friday nights? Do you remember um, <coughs> UPN Network? Yes, yeah, UPN we were, 9. We, right, we were on UPN. Yeah. Man, it had to be, jeez, two years, three years? Pete's checking out. I don't, I, it, you know, you know, when you're in the grind every no, week. No, no, I get it. I think it was two or three years. So two or three years, and then it was a case where then they moved, it was a, they got a better, they moved off UPN 9 to go to Wednesday nights? Uh, like, what was the, no, it I, went, I don't remember the, I, yeah, don't, I don't remember the details. Trying to remember everything. So I think we went from Thursday night, to Friday night, and then eventually back to Thursday night. Okay, that's how it was. Tuesday came years later. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I, was, I was gone by then. But I but, got you. Yeah, All right. So, so it was Thursday night was. to Friday night. Then they realized it wasn't working on Friday night, and they moved it to Thursday night, or they moved it yeah. to Thursday night because they got a different TV deal. I, I think it was both. Okay. <laughs> they they want they gotcha. got a new TV deal and they wanted yeah. out of. And the thing was, we used to well, not that it matters. We weren't live on Thursday nights. We would um, tape on Tuesday. To air on Thursday. To air on Thursday. It was a little, I guess they did some post-production. You know, uh, Same thing with the Friday. But now they're live on Friday, and their numbers are still dropping like crazy. Well, I think Friday night's a hard time. Oh, God. I mean, that's I, why I'm bringing it up, because you, right. said you make a good point about yeah, the I think, Series. I think Friday night, I mean, tell me how many, you know, I guess you, know, you look at it, what's the big selling point when you look at you know local TV in terms of shows? I mean, it, it's always kind of like Thursday nights and whatever. You kind of go on Friday night, you get buried. Oh, dude, it's the truth. Yeah. Pete, what do you got? 2005, they uh, they start on Friday nights. So, and then they moved to Tuesday live in 2016. 
So that's a wait, so you went from 2005 to 2016, right? Yeah. But I, so but they were on Friday nights was, for 11 years. No, was it 11 years? Let me double check. It, it I says here 11 years. I think that's incorrect. I was the color commentator. You think yeah, I know? I, I know it sounds crazy. People are like, how does he not know? I'm telling. I'm not telling you, Moose. You're in TV. You get it. For people out there that, that are not like when you're in the grind every week and you're traveling all over the country, you, I, the network don't matter. You're not like. Well, you're the, part it, of that it, machine it melts together. It does. It just yeah, read on the way you are. I'm not kidding. It sounds yeah, crazy. It just. You know, you're just trying to get over the matches, and as long as you're getting paid, you don't care. September 9th, 20, 2005. 2005. 2005, what happened? That was Friday night. They started yeah, Friday night. Yeah, okay. <laughs> didn't we just say that? No, I'm just confirming it. Oh. Because we had some Wait, so it didn't go I'm back confirming to, it, too. It didn't go back to, to <laughs> Thursday? That's what I'm asking. I, it's crazy I'm asking this question, but it's funny. It, that's all I'm asking. We probably went too deep into this conversation. I, I, Let's let's go to the bogus update. I'm we'll down with that. Clarity. I'd love we'll to get, do that. We'll get the clarity on the Thursday, <laughs> Friday night. We gotta get Vince McMahon online. September twentieth, two thousand five. Guys, uh, yeah, your first report this morning is sponsored by Geico. Great news! There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in fifteen minutes, you could save fifteen percent or more. On car insurance, it was almost the best night of Mikey B's life. That's down one. The ball and the game in the hands of Kyrie Irving in his next debut. Crossed over. He fell down, gets it back, shoots the top of the key jumper. It's no good. And the buzzer sounds, and Minnesota wins. Chris Carino. 50, 50 points, correct? That's what he scored? I'm going to get there. Chris Carino, oh, WFAN trying to have a conversation here in New with York. Oh yeah, 50 points, but they needed uh, 52. You'll appreciate yeah, oh, good. Headphones all pushed back. Yeah. 50 Over points for Kyrie. Kyrie, but he needed 52, and he did actually completely fall down, got right back up, took that shot, almost hit it, but he didn't. Uh, the Nets were down 18 in the first half, got to overtime. He scored 50, 50 points, that is, the most ever by a player debuting with a new team. It broke the mark set by Kiki Vandaway, oh. who had 47 in his first game as a Blazer way back in 1984 when wrestling first went to Friday nights on UPM. <laughs> by the way, the T Wolves won. Back here. Yeah. yeah. We have no video because I guess whatever. But uh, the air can, can you hear me? Yeah, barely. Yeah, yeah the AC vent is perfectly down here. Mike, can we have my mic extended to be back here in the back of the room like this? Yes. Thank you. There you go. Uh, the T-Wolves won that game last night, 127-126. Carl Anthony Towns, 32 points, seven threes. Mikey B hit it every single one of them. Elsewhere in the first full night of NBA. Wait, do you have, Mike, do you have the Irving yeah, speech? Yeah, I've got Kyrie's yeah, speech, Let's yeah. hear the, the emotional Irving speech to Net fans <laughs> as Mike was in attendance. Oh, man. I'm eternally grateful to be here, Mike's holding be the back, mic. back home in front of you guys, guys with my teammates. Holding something. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> on behalf of us. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, man, I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right, right now. now. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Wow. That was genuine. Big tear. Exactly. I appreciate you guys, and I look forward to you guys supporting us all season. Let's go Nets.
Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, so that's just, <laughs> what happened to the echo? I liked it better with the echo when it sounded like he was uh, the president of the United States. I bought it. I'm in. Oh, my oh God. it was real. Of course you bought it. I bought it. Uh, hey, you know what? You did. I, it Mike felt was good to tears. buy something. I bet you you in tears in the audience. Uh, I bought it. I was in. I, was, I wasn't in tears. I was totally a mark for it. You know what? It felt good. It you wearing nice a basketball drives t-shirt? I thought I saw you on TV. Were you wearing a basketball drives t-shirt? Uh, no, that was Kyrie wearing that. Thank you for the promotion, Kyrie. I'll see you for dinner tomorrow. You'll deliver him dinner and then have it with him. That's right, exactly. <laughs> See you in West Orange. That's All it. Right. <laughs> See you in West Orange. That was funny. All right. You thought, uh, Andrew? Uh, I could no. be, but okay. no. The Jazz topped the Thunder 195 last night. 22 points, 8 assists, and that loss for Chris Paul in his OKC debut. The Sixers took care of the Celtics 107-93. The Spurs beat the Knicks 120-111. And the Heat rallied past the Grizzlies 120-101. But Jimmy Butler didn't make his Miami debut a late scratch for family reasons. So now we can get to the fall classic, which is now firmly in the grasp of the Washington Nationals. Swing a long drive, left field, he's got one now. Kurt Suzuki gives the Nationals the lead. That one above the Crawford boxes. Kurt Suzuki's first career postseason home run, and the Nationals lead the Astros 3-2 here in the seventh inning. Dave Jangler on Nationals Radio. The Nats followed with five more runs in the seventh, three in the eighth, one in the ninth for a 12-3 route in Houston. They lead two games to none, the next three in D.C. starting tomorrow night. Only three teams in the current 2-3-2 format have lost the first two games at home then won the series. The 96 Yankees against the Braves are the last. Verlander again gave up first-inning runs, as did Steven Strasburg last night. They posted zeros until that seventh inning. Verlander eventually charged with four runs over six-plus. Zach Greinke, Annabelle Sanchez scheduled to start Game 3. The New England Patriots have placed Josh Gordon on injured reserve with the left knee injury he aggravated two Thursdays ago. They're expected to eventually wave Gordon off IR, making him a free agent. Have him on my uh, fantasy uh, team on the uh, um, the league that we have. Surprising not on mine. Uh, teams yeah. are overrun with injury. Do you want to? I could trade him. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'd prefer to have a, you know, two good knees for my receivers, uh, but I'm picky like that. Yeah, so Gordon was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can only designate two guys to put on IR to return. Right. So they have already done that with two of their players, one being their former first-round draft choice from a couple years ago out of Georgia, the left tackle, who they designated a return off IR. And Gordon re-aggravated that bone bruise against the Giants uh, when he was trying to off the you know fumble. I forget who picked it up. Was it Golden for the Giants who was running into the yes. end zone? He tackled him. His knee bent back in a weird way. And couldn't get back on the field, so they put him on IR. And the other one that they've is uh, Nikhil Harry, who's closer to coming back than Isaiah Wynn, another rookie wide receiver. That's what I'm talking about, Isaiah Wynn. Um, so there, so obviously we're going to find out more about this because they're they're they've had enough of Josh Gordon somehow that yeah. they're okay with getting rid of him. Right, we're not having him again this year. Right, they're going to get rid of him. I guess catching balls from Brady and on a field up in New England doesn't really count for all that much. Well, I, I got to get rid of him off my fantasy team. I don't even pay attention. Who I started this weekend no, just in case what? he plays. I am going to start him, actually. Yeah. We have some clarity on the Friday night SmackDown conversation from twenty oh. uh, from 2005. We have more from Pete the Body. I apologize. 2005 to 2015, they were on Friday. Then they moved to Thursday, back to Thursday. I think I said in that. In January 2015. Thank you. For about a year and a half. But and that's then, a decade of Friday nights? Yes. Yeah. That's, wow. I, uh. Are you sure about that, right? Yes. How bad is that? I didn't even realize what network we were on or what night or the week we were on. 
Is that bad? And I think you said it was only two or three yes. years, and it was yeah. you know four or five times that. Again, to reiterate why I why this happened. To no, me. I'm with you because yeah. we taped on Tuesdays, always Tuesdays. Right. So I didn't give a rat's tail. Yeah. What day it aired? It didn't matter because my job was this: voice it live to tape ringside on Tuesday, Wednesday. Go to studio in Stanford. Do wild lines. You're in the biz. You know what that means. I actually don't. Okay. No, it's wild lines. Wild, oh, you guys? Okay, yeah. wild lines are maybe there's a different term for it. Wild lines are like um, they do an edit, you know, on a, on a produced show. They do an edit, and then there's a hole, so you got to drop a line in. Oh. Yeah, so they call them wild lines. Okay. Um, yeah. W-A-D? Wild, no, wild. Like, wild. wild man. He's a wild oh. man. He's crazy. He's a wild man. Like that, you know. <laughs> wild man. You know, like that in kind that of wild. In that voice, too? Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> whatever you say right, in the exactly. studio. There's a wild is from Louisiana all of a sudden. <laughs> This is the wild line. Yeah. You know, anyway, yeah. So that so anyway, so <laughs> I didn't know I, I all I knew Moose. Tuesday I'm ringside. Wednesday I'm in Stanford. Thursday, Friday, thanks for coming. I knew nothing. I, I was staying to myself. On so a I didn't I didn't even know what day it was on a Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was high as a kite Thursday and Friday. <laughs> so they were on there for eleven years. Yeah, I, I didn't on Friday. Yeah, they were on there on Friday for eleven years. Struggle is real. Away. Um, apparently, uh, my good friend, Ray Mysterio, you know Ray Mysterio? Uh, not personally, but yes, I know who he is. He's yeah. going to be in the studio, not in our studio, he's going to be on the fan today with, uh, Cain Velasquez. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Gio was just telling me. You remember Greg Giannotti? Yes, <laughs> I do. I, yes, I do remember him. It's, I've gone, it's been all of about 45 minutes since I've seen him last. <laughs> anyway, so Gio, yeah. Greg Giannotti. Yeah, he, uh, he was telling me that he's going to be, he, they're going to have him on him in the, uh, Greg Giannotti's uh, co-host. Boomer. A Boomer Sison. Yeah, nice. So, we should get him on. Well, we'll see. That's going to be a problem because they're coming in when our show ends. So, oh, well, that is a problem. There's a problem. So, and I don't, oh, they're on at 9 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, there you go. That is a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. So They, that's, sniff, they get here early. We'll be like through. passing ships in the night. Yeah, well, Ray is an old friend of mine. I just want to see Ray. I don't care if he's on the show or not. I haven't okay. seen. I saw Ray last year in California, last month in Los Angeles. Hadn't seen him in years, Moose. Years. And I see him in Los Angeles. We're hanging out there. And now I, I might see him today here in Manhattan. Look Isn't that, that crazy stuff? And you pick up right where you left off. Yeah, that's what wrestlers do. That's it. Raise the Talking man. Talking about Thursday nights on SmackDown. He was there. Ray was wrestling on those shows. Yeah. No, 619 Jones. No, I got it. I got, it. I got the joke. It was funny. Remember the good old days? Wednesday afternoon, SmackDown. I'll tell you this. If, if I bump into Ray today and we, we talk, the last thing we're going to talk about is Friday nights or SmackDown. I, I promise you that. that. It was a joke. I know. It was a joke. I, I, I doubt you would be. I'm letting the update hey, guy know First that. thing you're going to ask, hey, our board of people lot. He's a big wrestling fan. I thought I could have swore he went to Thursday nights. When... Is and Larry be like, no, Taz, this is what happened. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Bilotti's like, I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Hey, you know what? I'm the fact checker. When you see a Bilotti, when you see Mysterio walking around, I have a good idea. He always wears his mask. Try to rip it off. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that. an experiment. Hey. He a would think project. it's funny. Give mm. it a shot. Guinea pig. I'm sure it would work well. <laughs> is he really going to show up in his mask? He will, I promise. And make sure Bisegli yeah. is recording it. Yeah. You he can pop it on social media. He won't put it on. Like, before he goes in the studio, no. he'll walk in with it on? He'll protect the business. That's what that's called. We should old have, school. have Zach try to remove his mask. <laughs> that is money right there. And and the thing is, with Ray, see, I know, Andrew, you, you know, Moose knows who he is. Pete knows you and Mike don't. But Ray's not a big guy. Ray I know is who known, Ray Mysterio is. Yeah, he's, he's not a big guy. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a shorter guy. He's right. not a heavy guy. He's put together. 
He's tough as hell. But so sometimes if someone sees his size, they go, ah, you know. I can take that mask. Yeah, I can take that mask off. Andrew, you should talk. You should I try. Your no, ass. I'm good. <laughs> Thank your you. Ass all over the <laughs> That'd be awesome. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> that's that nice. guy. What are they promoting? Though. I don't know. I, I think the company they work for promoting something. Oh, okay. Who do they work for again, Pete? Well, they got to be promoting SmackDown, right? On, on which day? I used to be on Friday nights. Oh, it yes. still is. Right. Yeah, that is. Yeah, and I, I was. Yeah, so anyway. Right. So, yeah, they, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, we, you know, all shows going to be over, but it would have been nice to have them. Well, I'm sure he'll be here early. They're not going to show walking right at nine. I'm sure Ray will be here early. Well, yeah, but he's going to be busy. He's going to be in the green room here. Oh, how embarrassing. This green room here. My old yeah. friend's got to go in this green room. Well, it's not much of a green room. We'll probably be sitting in one of the cubicles. <laughs> Bogish, good job, brother. We'll talk to you next time. you. you got to sit in a Yes, I think they'll probably put him in a cubicle. I would, I'd rather have him put him in a cubicle than the green room. Him and a and former UFC champion, Cain Velasquez. Let's put them in a cubicle. That's what they're going to do? You think so? Oh, my God. That's hard. Why? What would you rather be by the broken vending machine with chips hanging down from it? No, Where I'll it freezes the, the Coca-Cola? And the smell. I'll take the cubicle. And the smell from the still, stale water? The mice running around the vending machine? The the. The, how about the small fridge that looked like we picked it out of a dumpster? Yeah, when you go over to the door, the, the two cockroaches open the door for you, the refrigerator. That's exactly right. Oh, they say, you go, what sir? would you like today, Taz? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I got pass. Exactly. wearing bow ties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, good DC sports, now the bad. Skins, Vikings preview. We get into that next. Taz moves on a Thursday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, it's Taz and the Moose with you here on this Thursday morning. And Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader, starting with the Colts battling the Broncos or Collars Cardinals taking on the Saints, followed by the Browns and Patriots going toe-to-toe up there in Foxborough. It all begins with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. And tonight, you got a Thursday night game. It's not a big Thursday night game. I mean, it's it's Redskins and Vikings up there in Minnesota. <laughs> But um, what it is, Taz, for one player, it's a revenge game. And for Kirk Cousins, uh, that's what I look at this game as being a revenge game. And each and every one of those Minnesota teammates know it. Uh, They've played great football as of late. Cousins has kind of turned his season around. It wasn't that long ago, Taz. I mean, we're talking about four weeks ago. I mean, when we're... When we're looking at the criticism that he faced from, what, Zach Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles, who eventually got cut from Philadelphia... Who basically a former teammate down in Washington saying if you look at the Vikings, you look at the quarterback, he's the problem. Right. Um, he's right. the weak, you know, quote unquote paraphrasing here, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the weak we link about. of the team. Yep, yep. Uh then he went up there and, and lit up that Eagles defense and Zach Brown a couple of days later was getting cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, <laughs> Crazy, right? yeah, I mean when you think about it, and then um and now you look at this game, Taz, for an organization, and I'm not a Cousins believer. We've established that, right? I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I think he's played, obviously, you look at his resume, but... Do you think I am? What's that? Do you think that I'm a Cousins believer? I don't. I'm not. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. But I didn't want to put words in your mouth, but I don't think I ever asked you that you've question. Buried him. No, you haven't, but you've buried him a lot, being a, a Redskin fan, and rightfully so, you've buried him. Um, 
and I've buried him. I've kind of sidecar with you on that burial, just uh, just so people understand. That. Yeah, I agree so with you. I, you know, I I I wouldn't have paid him the money he got. Right I, I now, agree. the yeah. Vikings paid him the money that he got, and that's fine. God bless. I mean. Uh, yeah. generations of cousins are set up for the, the rest of their lives. <laughs> so good for him. Uh, but I, I do think this. I am. I think tonight is a, a, a special night for him because he felt disrespected by the Redskins. Mm. Um, they seemed to go out of their way to kind of point to him as being the problem. Uh, they didn't want to pay him. When he was down there in D.C., it was all about RG3. Mm. He was the backup quarterback. He was drafted in the same draft as Robert Griffin III. People raised an eyebrow when when the Redskins did that. Uh, the Shanahans believed in Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kyle and Mike Shanahan alike, they all believed that he was going to be a top-ten quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, as RG3 was buddy-buddy with the owner, Daniel Snyder, Kirk Cousins, whenever he stepped in, all he did was, for the most part, aside from being up against quality teams, you know, he, he played pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, had that phrase, you like that? You like that? Remember like when, that? He, I remember, remember yeah, he when he's walking the off the field, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And the, and yeah. kind of had this chip on his shoulder. And I think for tonight, he steps on the field looking to try and embarrass the Washington Redskins. And I think he, it's not going to well, take much to do. No. And no. I, I think I think he will. They're home. The, the Vikes are home, okay? It's it's a big stage. Um I'll read this quote to you. I'm looking at right now. You're going to find this funny. I don't know if you saw this, but it's it's Kirk Cousins. Basically says, honestly, for me, when I think of my time in Washington, I just think of one word, and that's gratitude. I'm so grateful that I was drafted by them. That's what Cousins basically said. So... Uh, and by I, that, he means the Shanahan. I know. I, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think he's just taking a high road. Yeah, I agree. Because he knows his team's coming in into their home stadium at five and two as the Redskins travel all the way up to Minnesota uh, at one and six. Uh, that they're going to get smoked tonight by the by the Vikings. So yeah, they're a sixteen point favorite, and you know you you expect Cousins to take the high road, right? And he just yeah. did in the quote that you that you threw out there to the audience, Taz. And and I don't expect anything different from Cousins. However, you know, even though I'm not a big Cousins fan, tonight I am. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, tonight I am. And and I grew up a Redskin fan, as I've established. They've, they've beaten the passion out of me. So, uh, wait, you, are you tanking now as a fan? Like, what, why do you want them to go? Oh, well, what does it matter being the – they stink. They're not going anywhere. I, I, I Because I want to – you know what I want to see, Taz? Oh. I want to see wholehearted systemic change. I see. I see. And I think that's only going to happen. ownership gone. I mean, no, that's, not, I, 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 that's to... not happening. I know. I mean, he is, he's like a tick. He's not going anywhere. He's buried in <laughs> like the back of your, uh, you know, back of your whole, you know, pet dog. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're trying to get that tick out. Vaseline, a little bit of, you yeah, know, yeah. trying to, trying Can't to get that. Daniel Snyder's not going anywhere. Right, he's an awful owner. So I, I can't ask for the NFL to do anything. That's wasting time and energy. He's not going anywhere. Daniel Snyder's going to own the Washington Redskins till the day he's no longer walking God's green earth. However, however, I am looking at it this way: if they are so unbelievably bad, maybe they'll get rid of Bruce Allen. That's the guy you want out. I that's that's the guy that I want out. So, want out. Taz, yeah. if they go out to Minnesota tonight and say they lose 35-7 or 42-7 and Cousins has you know four or five touchdown passes and is hitting Stephon Diggs all over the place and they're running wild and Dalvin mm. Cook is 150 yards and the Redskins look non-competitive, to me, as a, I, amazingly enough, as a Redskin fan, that's a good night. 
Oh my God, that's, that's a good funny. night. Uh, that's I, a good night for me. I because understand your I, strategy. I'm I, just surprised. I want to Taz, even what, they're one in six. The season's been decided already. Yeah, but it's over. You know what I mean. I don't want to sound corny, but you root for your team to win no matter <laughs> what. I know it sounds corny, but I'm just surprised. That's all. I understand what you're saying. I don't blame you. I, I don't. I understand. I'm not getting on you about it. I'm just saying. I'm. I, you know. I, I. Do you really think now if they just get barreled the next couple of weeks here that? That that's going to happen. That Bruce Allen, he's the president of the freaking team. That they're going that, that he's going to be Gonski. Um, there's got to be a. Do I think that's a before. long shot? Yeah. To answer your question, probably. That, that's what I'm saying. But you know, what does a win do for me, Taz? Uh, what does a victory really do for the Redskins fan tonight? Uh, You're two and six. They're really not going anywhere. Pride, man. Redskin oh, pride. <laughs> Redskin pride. Well, you already found your coach. Pride in the Redskins That's haven't the belonged in the same sentence in quite some time. Well, you got Bill Callahan as the interim coach, right? Yeah. So you already got rid of your coach. Yeah. So who, who's next? Allen. <laughs> That's the next to that's, go. That's who you want. Uh, yeah, that's who I want. Bill Callahan's a good coach. And Callahan, if he gets fired by Washington, you know this. He'll land some. Bill oh, Callahan's yeah. a good coach. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll have another job. He'll be the assistant head coach, offensive line coach someplace yeah, else. Right, right. I mean, I, a lot of guys on that staff. Am I worried about Rob Ryan, the linebacker coach? Where are you on the coordinators? O'Connell, the offensive coordinator, and uh, uh, what's his name? Greg, uh, defense coordinator. You have Minuski. Minuski. I can remember yeah. his name, yeah. You he's happy all right. with them, yeah? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. all right. O'Connell just took over. They think he's the next McVeigh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, the future of Tom Brady. Uh, we'll get into that next. It's Taz and Moose on this Thursday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.